A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to our podcast, Life After the Letters. I'm Amelie. And I'm Suba. We're friends that met whilst working our first shifts as junior doctors. And we're here to talk about the stories and challenges that we face every day. I'm sat here today with Dr. Lafina Diamandis. She's a doctor and woman after my own heart. Though she works as a GP, she's arrived there in one of the most diverse ways I've heard. We're here today to talk about her career journey but also something else that we certainly don't talk about often enough in our staff rooms, how to build wealth through property investment. By Wednesday this week, she will have released her second book, Property Investing for Doctors. Hello, Lafina. Hello. (laughs) It took so long to get to that introduction. I kept messing up all the words. I kept messing up the title of the book, which is absolutely terrible. So thank you so much for coming here today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Good, good. So this is your second podcast that you said that you've been on. It is. Tell me about the first one you were on because I just was interested. Yeah. So the first one was uh, with Nicole Bremner, who's a property developer, also based in East London. And she invited me onto her podcast in the summertime. It was the first podcast I've ever done. Oh, as in the summer just gone? Yeah. Okay. And it was released just a couple of months ago. Dope, dope. And did you get any feedback from that episode? What sort of things were people thinking? Uh, So I think a lot of the property people who I network with or, or, you know, met online or offline, Mm -hmm. they were quite interested in it because we were talking about healthcare investments and how you can combine your experience of property with healthcare, which is quite an unusual niche. Yes, exactly. Um, And from the medical side, I think doctors were quite interested in the diverse career path I've taken and the kind of things that you can do. Including myself. Of course, (laughs) yeah. How you can apply your skills to other fields. Cool. Yeah. So obviously you're in the introduction and we've since had a chat. We had a chat, I think, last week, late last week. Um, And I've been terrible in keeping in contact with you since then. But can you just let us know about where your career started, why you wanted to do medicine in the first place? And obviously you're doing property now and also being a GP now, but you've done so many things along the way. So what made you want to be a doctor in the first place? Did you have any interesting stories? So I first started thinking about being a doctor when I was actually working in a pub in Wales (laughs) over the summer holiday, uh, just after I finished sixth form. And I was waiting for my A-level results. And the plan hadn't been ever to become a doctor. I was actually much more interested in languages. I wanted to become a linguist. Oh, interesting. Or work in business. And I was planning to go to Argentina for a year. Okay. Cash. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I'd always loved biology. I'd always loved people and travel. Yeah. And in the summer I was working and met this medical student who kind of put the idea in my head and said, why don't you think about doing medicine? Mm -hmm. But I didn't have the conventional 
uh, A-levels required at the time. And so she what told you, me- what had you done at the time? So I did Spanish, um, biology and statistics. So oh, random, time ago now. okay, okay. Yeah, so I kind of had half of maybe yeah, what yeah. You'd, you'd need. And I didn't realize there was a foundation program for medicine. So mm -hmm. through meeting this person, uh, that's what I decided to do. Oh, that's amazing. And how did you come into contact with that person? Uh, so it was literally working in a pub. Literally, okay. So we were, pu we were pulling pines. <laughs> she was a medical student. I was just kind of considering what shall I do with my life. And she put the idea in my head and I thought it sounded like a really great idea. Dope. I never thought that I'd be able to do it because I wasn't a sort of very sciencey person mm -hmm. at school. Um, and, and, and no doctors in your family or no anything No doctors like in my that. family. And it's just sort of, it's a big challenge. And yeah. I thought I'd just go for it. <laughs> and here you are. And here I am. Dope. And I, even though I said, and here you are, you've not done it in the most traditional of ways at all. No, not at all. So when you were going through med school, did you have a desire to become a pediatrician, a GP? What sort of made you go into the path that you did go into? So not at all. Okay. Um, I think medical school was quite difficult for me in some ways because I, I really felt the, you know, the, the subject matter is interesting, but I, I think it's a very long course. Oh my gosh, and it's so long. I felt bored a lot of the yeah. time, quite honestly. And it feels terrible to say that, but I think that we don't involve medical students enough in, in the real work of what medicine is. Yeah. And we spend isn't, an awful lot of time it? just learning, yeah. regurgitating huge amounts of information. And, and then spitting it out. And I, and I just, I, I was constantly in doubt actually about yeah. becoming a doctor. It's so funny, people who I've met who are, I find very similar to me as doctors now, mm. actually their experience in medical school is also quite similar to mine. Because for me, I was like, and so my dad had done it and then quite a few of our family friends had done it. So I'd seen like the exciting and interesting end of it and the, the human interaction that you get with patients. Yeah. But throughout like the whole med school business, Actually studying and reading books, that's not the exciting bit. It's the human interaction that absolutely. they rarely introduce us to, yeah. which is so bizarre. Yeah, absolutely. And so where did you study? Uh, so I studied at King's, okay. King's College London. Oh, uh, did you? Yeah. Yes, yes, of course. Which used to be Guy's King's and St. Thomas's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you were living in London through that time? Yeah, I lived in London throughout and the time. And how did you find living in London? So were you in Wales before? So I was in Wales before, and well, I had previously been in London in my childhood, a little bit in Greece as well, because my, okay. my father's Greek. And um, it name. was exciting. Yeah, it was great to be in London. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a huge city. There are loads of opportunities. Mm -hmm. You know, got such a diversity and and a huge choice in you know what kind of yeah. hobbies you want to develop and what kind of places you want to go. So it was a really exciting time. Totally. And your interest in property, where do you think that stemmed from? I was never interested in property. Really. Not okay. at all. Um, <laughs> that took a quick turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the podcast is over. <laughs> no, never interested in it. It happened quite by accident. So it was it was actually when I was training in pediatrics. Okay. I was helping a relative to find a property in London. I'd barely ever been into an estate agent, so I felt very <laughs> self-conscious, kind of um, you know, head down, <laughs> shoulders hunched, kind of went into a into an estate agents and asked them for a list of their available properties. And I ended up meeting a guy actually who was from Wales. So we mm -hmm. hit it off because of the Welsh connection. Yes. And that was actually the first 
deal that I sort of really nailed, even though it wasn't my project, it was for someone else. Because it was an amazing property. It had loads of potential. I didn't realize it at the time, but- So what was the property for? So it was a, it was just an investment property. Okay. It was a a studio flat, but quite a large studio flat in central London. Mm -hmm. And we took it on and started doing the refurbishment for that. Okay. And for various reasons. And um, you were involved in the refurbishment of that property? Yeah, I actually, I I wasn't going to be, but Mm -hmm. um, my relative had some some quite serious issues during that time and mm-hmm. had to leave. And so I took over the refurbishment for them. Mm-hmm. But during the time, I realized that if we put a partition wall into the studio, we could create a one bedroom flat, mm-hmm. which is a really, really simple strategy. Yeah, but of course. it added a hundred thousand pounds of value. That's into the madness. Flat in a six week period. Now that's the kind of balls we should be building. Exactly. Not, not those Trump balls. <laughs> no, that's so dope. And how long did that refurbishment take? So it took about six weeks, six to okay. eight weeks, yeah. Okay. And did you feel like you could manage that alongside your pediatric well, role at the time? I was managing it alongside yeah. full-time kids' work. <laughs> <laughs> Night shifts and everything, you know, as, as, as so many people do when they're doing house refurbs or they're replacing a kitchen or a bathroom, you know, you just get on and do it, don't you? Yeah. We've all got other things going on in life. And of being course. a doctor, um, I, I don't think it means that you can't do anything else no, outside. But, it, you know, it was very hard work. But it was about an eye opener. I mean, £100,000 in six weeks. Mm-hmm. I just thought, wait a second. I need, I need to learn a bit more about this. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously before before that, you were studying neuroscience. Yeah, that's right. So take us through, please. I'm just going to sit back and let you take us through your educational career. Okay. If you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, so it's been quite unconventional. It's taken a few diverse turns along the way. So mm. obviously I did my medical degree then I did the foundation program and throughout the foundation program, I always never really found a specialty that fit my, my needs, I suppose. Mm. So I thought I'll take a couple of years out and I'll do. And just to pause you on that, what mm. do you think your needs are now looking back? So I absolutely love being a GP mm. and I love seeing patients again and again, dealing with quite well people and also helping them prevent illness later yeah. in life. So more of the lifestyle medicine stuff, which is a big buzzword at the moment, yeah. I know. Um, and also having just having the intimacy of that consultation, mm-hmm. 10 minutes, 12 minutes with someone, you can really impact their life in a positive way. Yeah. And and it's a fantastic career. I would never have considered it before. Mm-hmm. So hospital work is quite different to that. It's very acute, which is quite exciting. Yeah. When I did work in pediatrics, which was for about six years, mm-hmm. I loved that side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you don't see patients again. You, you hardly ever see the same person mm-hmm. twice. Mm-hmm. And I hated having a hospital rotor running my, uh, ruining my life and uh, controlling my life. I'm very, I'm a very independent person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I couldn't possibly imagine that my love was going to continue in that way. Mm -hmm. And I'd have to continue doing rotor swaps to go to weddings or special occasions. Yeah. That sort of thing. Or just to have you like your rest time. Yeah. It just felt like too, too much of a sacrifice. I see. I see. And so... Yeah, I skipped. You. I stopped you right in the middle of what you were saying, <laughs> <laughs> as I'm sure I'll do as we keep going on. So then you decided to do neuroscience. So yeah, so during my during medical school, I'd done the intercalated, intercalated BSc, and mm-hmm. I did a module in uh, human behaviour and psychology, Ooh. and I absolutely loved it. So it's always been in the back of my mind that oh, I should have done psychology, I shouldn't have done medicine. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was a, an ideal time to explore that area, maybe go into academic medicine instead. Dope. Yeah. So I found this amazing master's degree, which was called a dual master's in brain and mind science. That sounds cool. And it's a collaboration <laughs> between UCL and Queen Square, which okay. is a massive yeah, area yeah. for neuroscience and psychology. Of course. And um, uh, the Institut Pierre Marie Curie in Paris. Okay. So I did one year in London and one year in Paris. 
studying cognitive neuroscience and amazing, doing, doing amazing. some projects. And were you able to use your love of linguistics for that as well? Or did you know French before? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I'd done French for GCSE, but I hadn't spoken <laughs> it from... <laughs> hadn't, I'm sure. It had been a good decade. So um, the summer before I applied, I just, yeah. uh, I, I, I did a, like a home study course. I got okay. back up to standard. Amazing. Um, I sat the exams. I think it was European B1 or B2, yeah. something like that, that I required at the time. And then they accepted me on the course. And all of the, the modules were in French, barring wow. one. Uh, to say I speak How French would be a, <laughs> a big, big exaggeration, but, but yeah, it was in French and I had to. I yeah, had and to you managed French. it somehow. And I managed it, yeah, yeah. Did you find it easy to manage that or um, in terms of the language, I mean? I find French quite a difficult language. Mm. I speak Spanish fluently as well as Greek. So in comparison to those, uh, it was a lot, it was a lot more difficult. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. It was enjoyable. It was fun. Yeah, exactly. And then following neuroscience what made mm. you not want to pursue it like academic career as so such? I think it was the repetition uh I couldn't the idea of doing it was to then form some decisions or to form some opinions around which kind of PhD I would want to do mm. and I decided I've had enough of studying by then it had been nine years mm -hmm. of of academic work yeah. and I thought I'm not going to go on with this <laughs> because the idea of doing research collecting results analyzing them publishing that's the sort of Mm. a pattern that you get into in, in academia yeah. I thought okay this isn't actually for me what you're ruled by as well absolutely the work that you produce yeah I'm a very practical person so I thought I've got to get back to, to something practical and by then I had done pediatrics at the end of my foundation year mm. and I love pediatrics mm. so I applied for peds training and I got in in London so I came to London dope dope and how long did you do your PEDS training for? Did you say six years? So it was six years in total, yeah. but three years were formal and three years were locum. Okay, okay. I because see. after finishing my first year of PEDS training, I then, my personal life took a different direction. And I ended up moving to Madrid. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I told you there were some diverse yeah. turns. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And when you were in Madrid, were you working as a doctor? So I worked as a doctor. I was locuming in London. okay. I was trying to get into the Spanish system, but it didn't quite work out mm -hmm. in terms of getting pediatrics. And yeah. at that time, I was very narrow-minded. I was like, it's peds or nothing. Yeah. But I'd got into property at the time with um, through the experience that I, I had see, that I, I mentioned see. earlier. Okay. And the property really took off. Dope, dope. And so you're, obviously, property seems like a massive mindful for a lot of doctors. Yeah. And I think that you tackle that in your book. Yeah. Can you tell us about some of those myths that doctors have or some of the misconceptions people might have um, surrounding property initially? Absolutely. Yeah. God, where do I start? There's so many. I know, I know. <laughs> so actually, let me ask you in a slightly different way. Yeah. So when people come to you and say, Lafina, I would love to have my own property, but what are their buts? So most common but is I don't have enough money. Mm -hmm. I don't have any experience. I don't have enough time. Mm -hmm. so those are the key three factors, not just for doctors. It's, it's really for everyone, yeah. but particularly so for doctors because we work such long hours. Mm -hmm. It's so you know, physically, emotionally taxing that Do actually know, yeah. don't have much more energy left at the end of the day mm -hmm. <laughs> to focus on anything else other than just sit down in front of Netflix and <laughs> stick something on. But I think it, it feels like a massive obstacle to most mm -hmm, people. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, in the UK, we are obsessed with property. <laughs> Absolutely obsessed. And I feel like these are all my conversations I have at the weekend or like with my friends on the phone. And it's like, okay, so I'm this close to my deposit now. Oh, I need this much more. Exactly. Oh, maybe I should go and buy up in Manchester. Oh, maybe I should buy yeah. some somewhere else that's not London because I just can't afford it. Oh, no, I won't have property in, for another 10 years. 
we're obsessed with home ownership and obsessed. I, I, you know, I don't think I don't think we should be because there are so many ways to enjoy to life. enjoy property and to enjoy life. Yeah, <laughs> but the reason I wrote the book is mm. because I had so many friends asking me, "How did you do this? How did you do this?" You know, mm-hmm. and I got kind of sick of like explaining. Yeah, and I thought, okay, there's got to be a more efficient way to do this, mm-hmm. and also, I guess, give something back to the medical community because having had quite a few career breaks, yeah. I developed skills in so many different areas and I felt so happy and fulfilled and mm-hmm, satisfied mm-hmm. that I, I really just wanted to share that with other people Don't. and show them that actually, if if you want to get into property, you can. You shouldn't let those perceived challenges limit you in any way because it's just a matter of leveraging resources. And I think this is the biggest thing I've taken away from property. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been... Sorry, that was such a quotable. <laughs> oh, perceived challenges. <laughs> I'm going to have to like yeah, write, listen back, write that down. The, oh, please. <laughs> that, you know, it's Speaking not just... to you, it seems that it's a lot about mindset. Uh, hugely mm-hmm. about mindset. Hugely about mindset. I mean, the first thing you think about when you think of property is probably money mm-hmm. uh, because we just associate property with people with wealth or um, yeah. from a developer's background or, you know, it's been in the family for years. I've come from a family on the Greek side. You know, we were farmers farming mm-hmm. olives, literally. Amazing. Um, very hard labor, mm-hmm. very humble background from the, from the Welsh side coal miners yeah um you know we, we haven't come from a very wealthy background mm-hmm. and yes I've had some help from my from my dad who really really worked very hard throughout his yeah, life yeah. and I've been lucky to do that but there are I've, I've managed to invest in property in so many different ways mm-hmm. using my own money using other people's money um it's just a matter of leveling resources that's that's really all it is and yeah. the most valuable thing I've taken away from it is a change in mindset dope that's really cool that's really cool mm. and if I start with, so initially you you helped your family member mm-hmm. um, purchase their property yeah. which they wanted for investment. Yeah. And clearly you looked at resourceful ways of doing that. Yeah. And by partitioning from making a studio into a one bedroom, yeah. you were able to do that. Yeah. And that property was in London as well. Yeah. So it was clearly a property that was desired and needed. Yeah. What other ways have you kind of looked at property or purchased property since then? So... There are different ways that you can invest in property. Mm-hmm. You don't have to buy a property. There are properties that you can control. And you do that through a number of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are lots of different strategies that you can use, but a couple that I've gone through in my book are rent to rent and lease yeah. options. And that involves controlling a property. Okay. You're able to make money out of it, but you don't actually have to buy it. So it requires very little startup capital, mm-hmm. which will be of interest to hopefully a lot of people listening. Yeah. I mean, you can start literally with a thousand pounds, two thousand pounds a month. And if you are really serious about this, you could be making that within 30 days every single month, mm-hmm. having only put down two thousand pounds. I mean, one of the I've used rent to rent in London with okay. um, a partner. I didn't put any money in. Mm-hmm. We had a, an, a joint venture arrangement okay. where we were sharing our skills. So rent to rent, what does that actually look so like? Rent to rent is um, you're renting a property mm-hmm. and you're legally subletting the property in some way. So it might be okay. you're subletting the whole property, like putting it on Airbnb, like a holiday let, or you're doing room lets. So you I can see. do room lets for, for young professionals who can't afford to, to rent their own flat. Mm-hmm. So that's just one way of doing it. Very cool. Mm. Oh, I'm like, sorry, my brain's ticking at the moment. Let me get I can see, I can see, I can see your, I, I can see that look in your eyes. <laughs> okay, so that sounds like a very feasible option for people yeah, who don't absolutely. have, like, daddy's money or yeah, yeah. some a small pot of savings. Absolutely. And then the second option you spoke about. So the sec- second option is called a lease option, mm-hmm. which allows you to, basically, you have the right to buy a property at a certain price within a certain time period, but not the obligation. 
And within that time period, you can also use the property as you so choose with the with the permission of the owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably a bit too complex to go to go into detail exactly. uh, in this podcast, but there's um, we do go through it in the book, mm-hmm. and it's a great strategy to use if and someone wants to sell their property and they they want to sell it for a very high price and that price isn't appropriate for the market right now, Mm -hmm. but they're flexible with time. So they don't need to sell it immediately. They might say, okay, I'll sell it to you for 350,000 pounds, but in five years, as long as they know that they're going to get that money in five years or that they're likely to. And actually there's one amazing case study in my book where um, a GP has actually done a lease option on a, on a, mixed use building so that's commercial on the bottom floor and then residential on the top floor and that was over it was quite a long time period but it really paid off at the end it was worth around 1.1 million that's absolutely amazing it's really exciting case study i've got actually 10 case studies in the book different doctors around the country who are using lots of different strategies Mm -hmm. and all of them have pretty much started from zero and how great to have a property that's mixed use Mm. that you're able to use for your commercial business or your I don't even know if you are a GP or you're a business owner, but also be able to live in that property as well. Absolutely. That would be just, that's almost a dream for a lot of people, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. But from the, from, I mean, not looking at it, it from your, from your own needs, but yeah. if you just look at it from revenue streams, it's yeah, always yeah. really important to have diverse income streams, whether that's in business, whether that's as a doctor in your personal life. Because I yeah. think if we ask ourselves, okay, if you couldn't work for some reason as a doctor, mm-hmm. how long would you be able to survive for? Completely. And who's going to support you? Yeah. And if you don't have an answer for that, then you know you need to really that's start a, thinking about a backup you really plan. Do. You really do. And that's why I love property because it's it's removed the need for a lot of people to work to survive because mm-hmm. they they mm-hmm. have the income from properly pro- property yeah. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, we all work because we all need purposeful activity in our exactly. lives. No one sits around. Do you think millionaires sit around on their no, backsides? No, no, no. Exactly. So as a doctor, you've got to think, okay, we've got this amazing NHS pension, but do you want to wait until you're 68 to enjoy it? No, of course nah, not. I love. You know, it's about lifestyle. <laughs> it's, about, it's about choices and it's about knowing say, it's how also, to. Yeah, it's about choices and it's also about building wealth within families as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, you can leave a legacy for your family. You mm. might want to support your family. You might want to create a charity. You might want to brainstorm a, a healthcare yeah. venture or some other entrepreneurial idea. And, mm. and actually property is a great way into that. I mean, McDonald's, it's not a fast food business, it's a real estate business. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's that's actually mind blowing. Mm. So just to go back to your book. Yeah. Um, so how was it set up and what chapters and how do people mm. get their way through it? Yeah, so we start off with reasons that doctors should be investing in property. And that covers doctors from med- medical school right to the retirement. Um, it's a chapter on the most common challenges that people face mm-hmm. when they're actually going into property and why people fail. And then we look really hard at the current UK market, at Brexit, at the market cycle and lots of different factors that influence it. Because that's another thing. People are absolutely petrified mm-hmm. at the moment. I had messages all over the place a few weeks ago saying, oh my God, you know, yeah. property prices are going to be going down by 30, 40%. Shall I still buy my property? Mm-hmm. You know, people, do, people don't understand how to assess the property yeah. market. And I think there's so much there's so much fear in that. And when you mentioned about Brexit, I remember Brexit, sorry, I remember having lots of conversations mm. as well with people saying, Okay, no, let's make sure that we have all our deposits by a certain a certain date, just so when Brexit comes and the market apparently crashes, that's the time mm. to buy property. Mm. But we can't so much, so much of it is fear driven, and I think that's probably in the same way with just like your regular shares and stocks investment, um, and people 
who have less cash um, are just seem a bit more frightened during these uncertain times. Yeah, absolutely. So it's great that you've addressed that in your book as yeah, well. Yeah, it's all, it's all, it, it's very easy to understand. And as mm-hmm. doctors, we're used to processing a huge amount of information and property is very easy to understand actually if you mm-hmm. if you want to get educated and just understand how to assess a property deal whether it's your own home mm-hmm. whether it's an investment then this is the book that I've written for you I'm very <laughs> excited about your book and what a blessing it is that you've created it so people could just literally pick it up mm-hmm. and know that all of the information there is for them for um, from people who don't have very much income Mm. um, or disposable income um, and are living in the UK and are also wanting to buy property without the help of others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's amazing. That's all in one nice little neat package. And where can you purchase the book? So you can purchase the book on Amazon. It's actually on pre-order at the moment. And why do I feel like you're like best-selling already on pre-order? I'm a standby. I've kept trying to keep that a little (laughs) bit quiet because I keep thinking this isn't really real. Wait a second. (laughs) It's actually, yeah, so what is that? Tell me. So it's a number one bestseller. That's mad. For our category at the moment, but we're only on pre-order. So I keep thinking, God, wait a minute. Hang on, hang on. We haven't launched yet. <laughs> so we might still be a number one bestseller next Wednesday. I'm hoping we are when we launch on the 5th of December. Um, but, uh, you know, anything could happen in the meantime. No, so. that's amazing. And I think sometimes it's so difficult to push out your own product. Yeah. Um, and to know that this is something that people have been waiting for and wanting. Yeah, yeah. So congratulations. Thank you so and I much. I hope it goes well. And what an amazing early Christmas present. Thank for you. all of us, but also you guys oh. as well. <laughs> that's so, so with the book, yeah. can you tell me how you came about <clears throat> like creating it? And mm. why you did it. Oh, no, you already kind of told me why, but yeah. what was the process for you? Yeah, it was actually whilst I was in Madrid and I'd had such a fun and amazing what year experience. Were you in Madrid? It was 2011 okay. onwards. Okay. Yeah, for I love how people years. think the, all these things are overnight. No. Do you know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it was an it's over, overnight. years in the process. Overnight success that took 10 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely literally with everything it's so mad every guest I've spoken to so far everyone who watches them on like on the Instagrams and the stories they're like oh my gosh they did did that so quickly they're so lucky I'm like they're not lucky they just worked hard for a long time (laughs) absolutely that doesn't mean that you you need t- 10 years to be successful no, in property. No, no. Honestly, that, that, that with that rent-to-rent strategy, I did that within Sorry, 30, before I freak like, out all your days. No, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, of course, it, it takes time to accumulate experience and develop expertise mm, in a certain yeah. area, but you can you can really hit the ground running. So the idea for the book started in uh, when I was in Madrid, and actually Eureka Doc back then was going to be Eureka Doc Publishing. It's yeah, just so going to be a publishing company. So pause. Tell us about Eureka Doc because we've yeah. not even touched on that. Sorry. Yeah. So Eureka's a, Eureka Doc's um, our diverse medical education startup, mm-hmm. and we focus on diverse med ed and career transformation for doctors. Yeah. Uh, both my, Arun and myself have had diverse careers, and we wanted to create the resources to help people with the how when they're transitioning to other career roles, when they're mm-hmm. diversifying their careers, and give them the skills and the training that they that it aren't currently available. Actually, mm-hmm. so we run a mini MBA in healthcare. Yeah, we run management consulting for medics course. Um, we run property investing for doctors. We do some online training on health tech and Amazing. diverse careers, that sort of thing. So uh, we've published three books through Eureka Doc Publishing so far. Yeah. The first one was How to Become a Space Doctor. Oh, cool. The second one was Management Consulting for Medics, which yeah. Arun wrote. And the third one is Property Investing for Doctors. Hey, and here we are. Here we and are. And here we are, friends. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> and are the courses or is it the books that are main say of what Eureka 
TikTok does now. It's definitely the courses and training. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the books are ticking along, but you know, you, you're never going to create a massive revenue stream from courses. You, I you don't, say that now, books, you're I number one bestseller. <laughs> <laughs> it's a niche, niche market. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Okay, niche market. <laughs> no, that's no, that's really that's really great actually. Mm. So Eureka Doc um, and the books. Yeah. Are they what takes up a lot of your time now, or is it your GP training? It's definitely the the GP training mm-hmm. and a bit of property. So GP training is the main focus for me at the moment. I'm full time, so mm-hmm. I'll be completing in a year and a half. Amazing. Can't wait. So what placements have you done GP wise now? So I've done OBS and gynae. Okay done psychiatry which is amazing it is amazing isn't it absolutely loved it and um now i'm doing my gp placement now which i absolutely oh, love perfect. as well and yeah. you didn't have to do pediatrics because you really didn't. no i chose not to it would have been Good. a bit of a cheat yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably yeah I at have least learn something. let's learn something yeah. here yeah 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 <laughs> oh no what great placements just speaking to you today yeah basically it seems to me as though you're really interested in like the development of women also looking after well patients mm. and like encouraging their lifestyle behavior so yeah. i assume that obs and gynae would have sat quite nicely with you but also weirdly i also feel like psych- psychiatry would have sat nicely with you yeah particularly with your interest in human behavior and psychology definitely were you like tempted by those options oh my god definitely my consultant actually she, <laughs> she's listening steph this is you <laughs> She um she kept trying to get me to to convert to psychiatry. And I kept saying, saying to her, you know, I'm like I'm almost knocking on 40's door. I can't change course again. I'm completing my GP. That's it. Like let's just be done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was brilliant. If, I, if only I had done psychiatry earlier. What type of psychiatry were you doing? Uh, so I was doing acute psychiatry. So we yeah. were dealing with psychosis and yeah. um, you know very Impatient. suicidal people. Yeah, mm. depression that sort of thing. Yeah. Very interesting. Really, really interesting specialty. Yeah. I think it's so great for, I almost wish like every doctor did it. Yeah. And um, as part of their placements, that or GP. I think you just learn so much about, about human behavior and also about boundaries yes. and all of the nonverbal communication. Yeah. You, 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 you become very acutely aware of people's so, behavior. Yeah, and yeah. I think I started off the six months, you know, absolutely petrified. Um, yeah. I'm wondering if someone's going to hit me because, you know, you get sworn at quite a lot. Yeah. And, um, 
you it's a very different the environment fear before you jump in psychiatry yeah. yeah and you're like no no one's hitting you every day oh, yeah. or like <laughs> absolutely well the training you know that they're, they're teaching yeah. you how to get out of a, you know an arm wrestle yeah, kind and of block and, and uh, <laughs> if <laughs> someone if someone starts to pull your hair what to do with their hands like, <laughs> yeah. oh my god you're totally freaked out by the time <laughs> i started <laughs> <laughs> trying to get your reflexes to like yeah, yeah. I was like practicing at home up. with my boyfriend you know like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. attack me from the side yeah, yeah she was <laughs> like where are you going <laughs> shall I come with you it's so funny because it's always the horror stories that you hear before you go into the hospital and then you're like oh look I'm actually dealing with everyday normal people yeah, yeah. here it's absolutely not... <laughs> absolutely and anyway by the end it's just another health condition that's yeah, all of course it is it's a health condition that affects oh the gosh. brain so you, your behaviour is affected of course it is mm-hmm. I think we're not we're so we're still not there in, in mental health we're not accepting of that in society no because no. you know people used to come to the wards to see their relatives or leave their relatives and they'd say are we going to have to leave someone here mm-hmm. say yes you know this is a hospital and people yeah. have mental health problems so they act unusually yeah but um we need to be a lot more caring and and accepting of of that in society that because i mean so many people have mental health problems yeah, and it's really yeah. not talked about completely completely mm. And it also helps you develop as an individual and understand your own boundaries and understand where you might not want to accept certain things in your life. So I I found it really helpful and useful for myself as well going through that. Yeah. So GP now? So GP land now, yeah. That's brilliant. So how many more months of GP land do you have? So I've got another two, a couple of months. Then Mm -hmm. I go back to hospital for my final hospital rotation. which is? In geriatrics, dermatology and frailty. Oh, very interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Terribly useful for GP lands. <laughs> terribly useful. Dermatology will be useful. Dem will be great. It will all be great. That's it will actually all be great. And there was yeah. so much that I learned in elderly care medicine. I love elderly care. That has taught care. me yeah. about every aspect of medicine and what aims are for patients. Mm. So I found that so useful. Definitely. Definitely. It sounds like GP is the way. GP is definitely the way. If you're thinking of GP out there, people, just don't even think twice. It's the <laughs> best <laughs> career. If you want a portfolio career... If you want to combine GP with different interests and mm. gain all that fantastic, um, you know, clinical time with patients, as well as do something else, it's the best career out there because mm. it, it's it's just such a diverse landscape. You can do so many different things, mm. and I think everyone, you know, the country, the government, doctors themselves, everyone's increasingly aware that it's it's not sustainable for GPs to be working full time. I mean, no. seeing 40 patients a day, plus all of the paperwork, plus the worry that you do take home with you. Yeah, completely. A couple of people, did I give them enough time? Mm. You know, it's not sustainable to do that full time. And there's something about being in GP land where you're working <coughs> a lot of the times mm-hmm. independently. Yes, you do have like the team to support you, but when you're working so independently and it almost feels as though you're kind of helping a community here because you're mm-hmm. located within a community. That yeah. is such a stress and a burden to take home with, mm. even though you might not appreciate it day to day. Yeah. So I actually, yeah, so I completely agree with you when when you say, yes, it should be a portfolio career. Yeah. And yeah. we actually also need to start looking at the business of GP. Yeah, um, definitely. And the lifestyle of both the medics and also the patients. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Well, that's why I chose it actually because of the business element. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I realised that through property, I have, I've got a real passion for business. Yeah. Thought, this is perfect you know you, you get it you get a little bit of everything yeah. i'm so excited to talk to you off air like i kind of want this interview to be over Whoa. so we can chat about like life after <laughs> life after yeah. uh-huh exactly no that's really really cool so we were talking about property um, yeah and so you spoke about the two ways in which that you've done it yourself so yeah so in, well, initially first. yeah initially absolutely so where are you now with 
so investments? Where, yeah, mm, it's a good question. Mm. So now I'm looking at bigger developments. So I'm doing um, big development projects. One in particular, which was the most recent project, was yes. one that we actually crowdfunded okay. through the medical community. Amazing. As well as uh, a, f- a few non-medics too. So what and was the project? So the project's an uh, office to residential conversion. So it's a 2,700 square foot office in Kent. And we're converting that into flats. Amazing. Are those the pictures that I've been seeing on Instagram? Yes. Probs. Probs. How many yes. properties do you have that you're not sure? <laughs> no, there's a few different projects okay. going on and I can't remember which ones I've been posting. <laughs> so that project's really exciting because alongside Eureka Doc and educating doctors to understand property and be able to just go out there and do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to make it possible for the ordinary person to invest in property and get the same kind of amazing returns as professional property investors do. Mm-hmm. So the initial thought for this was, oh, I need to set up a fund or something like that, which is quite a complex process. Yeah. Then I came across crowdfunding and I thought, oh my God, why not crowdfund it? Mm-hmm. Because for just a thousand pounds or 500 pounds, whatever the limit is, you can invest in a project along with the developers and gain the same kind of returns that they, they do. And actually for that project, we offered our investors uh, a projected return of 20% return mm-hmm. on investment. Amazing, amazing. And did you find it to gain people's trust quite easily before you before they crowdfunded with you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it looks like an overnight success. And I mean, it was, it was seven minutes that we crowd, we actually mm-hmm. overfunded our project, which is a, a really remarkable achievement for our yeah, first exactly. project. That's amazing. Takes, I thought it was going to take, you know, like three months or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think we, we have gained Even a lot of trust through the community. Even large companies months to so yeah. crowdfund a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, th- the, the community through Eureka Talk, mm-hmm. people who know me in exactly. the property world, actually no friends and family invested because they actually couldn't get in in time. So no way. <laughs> my co-founder Arun texted Ooh. me and he was like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get in. <laughs> so funny. So, yeah, awkward moment. <laughs> Sorry, Arun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so but funny. Yeah, yeah so that's um, that was one project I'm doing. Brilliant. But next year, I'm really excited because finally this book is finished, which has been Yay. taking all my time up and I can focus on, um, thank you. Uh, I can focus on the healthcare property and projects that I've been sort of bubbling away in the mm-hmm. back of my mind and require a bit more work now. Yeah. And I've um, got some nice big plans for exciting, 2019. Exciting. Yeah. So you said in 2011, that was when you started <coughs> yeah. thinking about this book. Yes. So uh, well, every, yeah, we didn't, we didn't finish that, that conversation, no, we did we? <laughs> Let's just go back there. Exactly. So when did that all happen? So the book started thinking about it back then. Then I think it was around, well, I wasn't thinking about it in 2011. It was a few years later, okay. but that's besides the point. So I joined a program uh, to help to learn how to self-publish because from what I understood, self-publishing was a lot better because you have more control over your book, over the profits, over mm. everything. But I guess it's pros and cons to everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I started writing it and, I, and then I completely stopped for a couple of years. Yeah. I'd moved back to London and then for the last year and a half while other things were going on with Eureka Doc workshops and publishing a runes book, mm-hmm. the management consulting for medics. And then I went back to it recently. So it's been uh, it's been sort of a lot of time after work, weekends, mm-hmm. writing it, finishing it, updating it because we've had so many tax changes yes, yes. and different things so going many. on in the mm-hmm. you know political landscape and, mm-hmm. and, um, and economic landscape as well. Um, so... 
it's finally finished and amazing it's been a really interesting and really great process mm-hmm. but it's it has been quite time consuming so if we look over the past year yeah um in terms of the book and you were obviously <laughs> working as full time mm. in your gp training role yeah. as well would it be the weekends that you would spend writing or what was, what did it really look like for you? Or has it been editing this year? What have you been up to with the book specifically yeah. this year? Yeah, so it's been a lot of updating uh, with projects that I've been doing as well. Okay. Interviewing other doctors yeah, for yeah. their case studies because I really wanted it. It's not I love that you've got be, case studies you know, in it. My story, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a little bit about my experience, mm-hmm. but mainly it's just a really easy to use guide for anyone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I wanted it to be really inspiring. So I've featured all of these doctors just to show the diversity and to give people confidence that yeah. anyone can do. Because I think whenever you look at someone else's career, you think you just easily make excuses. And we bring up these challenges and yes. say, oh, so go for her because. It's okay for her. You know, someone mm-hmm. might look at me and say, oh, well, so okay, okay, okay but for her because she's mm-hmm. here and she's done this, this and this now. Yeah. And it feels and very people unattainable. people say stuff like, oh, it's fine for her. She invested someone else's money to start with. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. And her dad gave her a little bit of money. But yeah. actually that's... At- actually got very minimal to do with what you're doing now absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. it's a it's a skill that you i mean if you think about professional investors or developers Mm -hmm. everyone runs out of money at some point yeah yeah, everyone regardless of the scale of your business money is an asset and it's a finite asset Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. although it's not really finite because it's everywhere (laughs) but you know you, the you, pot that you hold. The pot that, that you m- hold, absolutely. You put it into a project and you have to wait to get it back and to reinvest it again. So mm-hmm. everyone has to learn the skill of where to find finance. Mm-hmm. And where to find finance is actually really easy mm-hmm. as long as you know how to present a good business case or a project, whether it's a one-bedroom flat in Liverpool, mm-hmm. whether it's you know a multi-million pound project. It's just it, it's exactly the same skill. It's just knowing how to present mm-hmm. it and where to go to find those funds. Yeah. And if your case is good enough, you'll find the money. It will come to you, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, was it? So, when were you writing? And yeah, so how did you really weekends? Do? Yeah, after my after work, mm-hmm. um, anytime I could really. It takes me quite a few hours to get into the flow of things. Yeah, so that was quite difficult actually. I'd come home in the evening; it would take me a few hours to get into something, and then I'd start feeling really tired around ten or eleven. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of the work was done on the weekend as well. Yeah. And then, you know, you read it, you reread it so many times. And do, yeah, I mean, if I'm really honest, I'm still not happy with it because <laughs> I don't think you can ever completely no, be happy with it. You, you just can't. want to. And that's not the important part. The important it's part not. is, do you have the specific information that that's will help it. other people? That's it. Um, yes. And I think it's amazing that you included case studies because I'm sure those mm. conversations that you had with people also got your creative yeah. um, juices running. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And, and it's meant to be an easy to read guide. This does not cover every you know, tiny Facet. detail about every single strategy. It would that would take books and books and books. This is this is the idea is to show you there are so many different ways of investing mm-hmm. to open your mind to the possibilities that are out there and to give you confidence as well as learn the basics that mm-hmm. like you absolutely have to know how to properly appraise a deal. Mm-hmm. How do you find an amazing project? How do you fund it? And then how do you fill it or how do you yeah. flip it? You know, I'm using all the Fs here, aren't I? Apart <laughs> 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 the F word. <laughs> Good. I was like, that's yeah. the only we're not allowed to. There's so it. many. There, there's so many tax worries. We've done a whole tap, uh, chapter on tax. We've done right. a, our a chapter. A final chapter is opportunities right under the doctor's nose. So it's actually Ooh, opportunities okay. within healthcare okay. and problems that you can solve within healthcare using property investment knowledge that you'll gain through the book. And is that specific to GPs more so, or is that kind of everyone? No, no, absolutely the opportunities? not. No, no. Op- okay. If you think about healthcare, you might be setting up uh, an aesthetics clinic. You might have a private orthopedic clinic. You're going to need premises. So what you're going to yeah. do with the premises? You're going to invest in the premises, mm-hmm. or you're going to rent the premises. Mm-hmm. You know, how can you leverage that asset? Yeah. It's uh, that 
I hope it will be helpful to anyone, whether they're buying their own home mm -hmm. or whether they're investing mm -hmm. or coming up with a healthcare. Yeah, I'm project. completely buying it for so many of my friends for, for <coughs> Christmas this year. Oh, that's and great to hear. So actually, you're doing a special offer at the moment, aren't you? We are, yeah. So and hold on, this episode is going to be out on Monday. Whoa. So people have less than 48 hours, I think, yes. to get hold of that special offer, which is? Which is, we're offering 60% off on the ebook <laughs> for all pre-orders before the 6th of December, which is Thursday. So if you buy the ebook either on the launch day, which okay. is the 5th of December. Oh, amazing. Or in the in the 48 hours before, then you'll mm -hmm. get 60% off. So Dope. it's 3.99. That's a couple of coffees. I think uh, you have to ask yeah, I yourself. Say, I think that's like less than you, the coffees we bought this you, morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty expensive in this uh, trendy part of London. <laughs> But, you know, can you afford to miss out on this opportunity? Whether it's whether it's 60% off or whether it's mm -hmm. half price. You know, this is it's or to education, be honest, this it's is full, knowledge. It's knowledge. I've got so much information from reading books in the past two yeah, years than I've got for a, quite a long time before that, when I was just reading medical textbooks. Yes. Um, I think it's important to diversify your mindset and the definitely. type of things that, that you allow into your mind. Yeah, definitely. So this just seems like one of them, and it seems like something mm -hmm. that people... That does improve people's lives. Yeah. Um, in terms of having a safety net as well. Yeah. Um, and having wealth. A absolutely. I mean, you mentioned earlier, you know, we don't really talk about money very much, and and we don't we don't want to talk about that in medicine. Like, actually, mm. we want to earn a bit more money. Of course, we want to earn a bit Just more money. Say it. Are you crazy? <laughs> Open your mouth. A little. You know, we've got bills to pay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've got bills to pay, and you know, it's good to be able to generate an alternative source of it income is, if you're working is. part time. Mm -hmm. We've got parents. We've got people who might be going off work sick. Mm. You might just want a career break. You've got to support yourself in that time. You do, you do. So this is one way of doing it. Completely. And I think it's good. To, there are lots of organizations now springing up supporting doctors' wellness. Mm -hmm. And financial wellness definitely comes under that. Completely. Mm. And I'm so excited to see where you guys go next year with this as well. Because I think it will just open up new avenues and new mm. doors in terms of property investment. But also, yeah, yeah. financial wellness, as you spoke about. Because we just don't talk about it. And we don't prioritise it, really. We don't prioritise um, it. And we're in a completely different space now than maybe our consultants were 30 years ago. Mm. When actually they could just pick up property very easily um, because they had a good income. Yeah, yeah. Which you just can't do really in London today. Absolutely. Well, even consultants nowadays, they're really struggling to make ends meet because it's all about the decisions that you're making with mm -hmm. your finances, whether you're earning, you know, 20K or whether you're earning, you know, 100K. Mm -hmm, Actually, mm -hmm. if your outgoings are going up because you keep upgrading right. your car or your house yeah. or you're sending your kids to private schools or after school clubs or God knows what. Actually, the disposable income is exactly the same. It is. It's actually yeah. <laughs> so bizarre. And again, it's understanding what's an asset and what's a liability. Yeah. And, and I how love you're how you brought yourself. up opportunities as well because it's about, lev I'm going to keep saying this, it's about leveraging the resources that you it do is. have. It is. It's just about, this mindset, honestly, I've carried it into every aspect of my life. Healthcare. And freeing up gang signs. Career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> my personal life. It's now, it's mm. just about how do you leverage resources? How do you solve a problem? I think that's the most valuable skill you can take with you. Because actually, if you lose it all, what are you going to do? You just need the knowledge and the mindset to be able to build yourself back up again, which is what entrepreneurs do. That's it. That's it. Um, and from the property um, community, mm. what sort of things have you like learned or gained from them mm. as opposed to doctors? Well, it's a very interesting community because it's you realise that actually property investors come from all walks of life. Mm -hmm. And there's no, there's, I don't think there's one sort of specific type of investor. Okay. Um, 
but again, it's the it's the mindset, it's the leveraging resources, it's collaborating with other people, which mm-hmm. I get a great sense of I enjoyment and fulfillment yeah. from. It's it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing joint ventures with people, which you should always approach with caution. But I think when you have complementary skill sets and you're you're working towards a common goal, mm-hmm. that's that gives you an en- enormous sense of yeah. fulfillment. Yeah, completely. Yeah. So it sounds. It sounds very similar <laughs> to working as a doctor and as actually, well. Yeah, and they're actually very supportive. I mean, the property community, my, the club that I'm in at the moment is a property developers club. Mm. And, um, you know, people are fantastic. They're so supportive. You know, you reach out to people saying, I need a hand with this. Can you help me look at this deal? Or can you put me in touch with a really okay, great okay. Uh, solicitor? Or I've got this really tricky development problem. And people are like, oh, come and see it with you. I'll come and do this I with see, you. I see, I see. And are those people... Do all these people, are they based in London? Or? All over the country. Okay, okay. Well, absolutely. London is not the centre of the world, people. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I keep as thinking much as, I, as much as I love it. is London. <laughs> but we will have listeners from all over the UK. And by the way, you can invest in property all over the UK. Extremely successfully. Extremely. It's actually interesting. Like, so I'm working in Devon. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so I'm only working in Devon for three months. It's purely money motivated. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and so I'm doing that as a locum job. Absolutely like loving the role that I'm doing. Yeah. And it's quite nice to support more junior members of staff, even though I feel quite junior. Yeah. But actually what you learn in F1 and F2 is you learn so much in such a short period of time that I am able to support them. Yeah. Um, essentially, so I'm living with the cutest couple ever and they're only like 28 and 25. And um, so the girl, she's bought her own house which I'm living in and paying her rent and together with her father as well they just go around buying up properties investing um and also like building literally like they could build a bunk they could buy a bungalow and then just like build a two-story house from it and they've just taught me so much about property in such a short period of time and just to understand that anyone can do it yes um that's just an amazing thing to think about yeah. because I think I was always fixated on, okay, it's about money. I need to just put exactly. my deposit together. Yeah. I need to get a stupid amount of tens of thousands together to yeah. make um, anything viable in London. Absolutely. But that's not always the goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, th- you know, that's probably what the system wants us to believe. I hate the system, you know. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's far harder to be a doctor uh, or to actually become a doctor. It's not hard to become a property investor. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to have a huge business. It could be one investment or it could be 20 yeah. investments, whatever your goals are. Yeah. And actually, one of the things in the book, There's the not way we start off. at all. Yeah, we start off with an eight-step eight process mm-hmm. of, you know, okay, I want to get into property, but how do I start? That's a, that's another most common question I get. Mm-hmm. So I've got eight steps. They're really simple. I feel like you're reading my mind. Just follow those eight <laughs> steps and um, and and persevere at it because like anything that's worthwhile in life, it requires persistence. Yeah. Uh, how much time you put into it is really up to you. Mm-hmm. You can put eight hours a week, you can put two hours a week. You'll either go fast or, sl- or a little bit yeah. slower. And I think it's just accepting what's right for you at the time and and. What, what you what's manageable for you within your mm-hmm. your life currently and so just we're about to, we've got about a couple of minutes mm. left i was just interested to find out what it is that you want to see in your cap and in your career over the sh- next couple of years mm. or what sort of goals that you do have currently yeah so the way i envisage my career panning out will be i'll be working a couple of days a week as a gp mm-hmm. and Right now, what's important to me is to combine my healthcare experience with my property knowledge. Mm-hmm. And what I really want to do is to get involved in some big social impact projects. Because Dope. I think it's, I'm, mm. I'm pretty happy with what property has done for me financially. I'm not a multi-billionaire. 
<laughs> but I don't need to be. And mm. actually, I think if I'm not interested at all in just building For more glossy yeah. luxury flats, we do not need that. We've got a housing crisis. Mm -hmm. If you're not contributing to your society and your local community in a positive way, what's the point? Mm -hmm. We need to start bringing up the standards of living throughout the UK. We need to, uh, this is, housing is intricately linked to yeah. health outcomes. Completely. It's a, you know, it's a social determinant of health. Mm -hmm. And I think it's absolutely appalling that a lot of people are really, really living below below the poverty line. Mm -hmm. Housing is a massive factor in that. And I think there's so much that we can do if we just stick our brains together and leverage the resources that we all have yeah, access to. Yeah, support to. our communities. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking yeah. at health, um, housing and big projects. Yeah, I would say I'm excited to see what you produce and I hope mm. that you continue to produce great products and great content. Um, particularly, I think your experience as a GP also will come into it. Yeah. Um, particularly when you're talking about social determinants of health. Yeah, yeah. So can I ask which areas that you're working in at the moment in London, like which oh, parts yeah. of London? So I'm, I'm working in uh, North London, in North West London. Okay. okay. Yeah. In, G in a GP surgery there okay. and my training scheme and for GPs. And what's the community like? Is it a poor community? Is it a wealthy community? It's, it's young? A, my particular practice is quite, it's quite mixed. Okay. Um, so we have people from all walks of life generally. Okay, mm. okay, I see, I see. So like just kind of typical London? Yeah, I think typical it's typical. Central-ish London? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, okay. it's, a, it's a good blend of everything, but I, I think I'd like some experience in some more deprived areas as well, just to better understand this kind of social problems that people go through. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely that some practices, I've got a friend working who's yeah. a partner in the Tower Hamlets area, Okay. and they, you know, there's, there's an amazing practice um, that you might have heard of it's Bromley by Bow okay. and they do a lot of work in helping Amazing. people yeah helping people with their work situation their housing situations um, they do a lot of social prescribing and they've, they've delivered some fantastic schemes and projects that's in their amazing. area and really help people that's dope yeah. that's all that's I love how you um, when I asked you what is it that you see yourself doing mm -hmm. you said that it's about people at the end of the day yeah, and helping the communities yeah. and I think that's something that we can all take away with, it, with us and I think that's the reason most of us did medicine in the first place Yeah, it's, it's, not a, it. it's not about money it's only about people yeah god you could actually give me goosebumps now <laughs> <laughs> but it's true isn't it that's yeah. why we that's where we get our joy from work and I think if that's it wasn't it. for the people <clears throat> so many of us wouldn't be doing medicine like that's that's where it yeah. like that's, no no definitely it's such a, there's so many stresses and there's yeah. so many people controlling your rotors and your time that actually at the end of the day if you're looking after yourself and you're looking after people what more do you need that's it that's yeah hundred percent oh cool so let's run through this again your book is coming out on the fifth yes and um, property investing for doctors yes you've also got some courses um with Eureka Doc that's right looking at healthcare. And yeah, actually, you tell me about yeah, it again so we, really quickly. So we've got business skills for doctors, finance. Yes. Um, uh, we've actually got a really exciting careers course coming up next okay. year. When which is it is, coming up? Uh, it's going to be in May. That's okay. going to be our our pilot, our first course. Exciting. And it's really just all is about that an online course or in person. It's going to be in person. Mm -hmm. It's going to be you know who are you? Mm -hmm. What are your skills and passions and natural talents? And how do you decide what you want to do within your medical career? Because there's a lot of stress and a lot of confusion, I think. A lot of people within their foundation years, what am I going to do? What should I do? What am mm -hmm. I good at? Mm -hmm. Life is hell. How do I how do I make things better? Mm -hmm. So this is a course. Uh, this is a course for, for 
people who want to think about what they want to do with their medical careers because we mm-hmm. don't really have the access to the advice and support that we need. No. Um, and from the property side, if you read the book, you enjoy it, you want a little bit more knowledge, uh, then we are doing an online live virtual property investing for doctors cool. course. We're also doing face-to-face courses and I also do coaching and one-to-one for, for private clients. Wicked. I feel like this is not where our relationship will end. So I'm very excited <laughs> about this. Thank you so much for coming on the show Thanks today. Thanks for inviting and me on. talking to to me and she did this so quickly so thank you so much because we only connected about two weeks ago yeah and here we are sat in here we are thank you for making it possible no so thank you very much thank you also to our producer who's in the (laughs) (laughs) in the jungle this amazon jungle this is an amazing studio (laughs) no i love this studio i love this studio so thank you so much lafina for coming today thanks so much i hope you guys enjoyed that episode Take care. Take care. Bye. Today's episode was recorded at Mare Street Market. Catch us over on www.afterthelettersdotcom or forward slash afterthelettersdotcom on every social media network. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti reflective, scratch resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com covered.